gotta tell Jack about the dowry. Oh God, my mom called. Welcome back to the Progress Texas Minisode. I'm your host, Sam Gonzalez, and joining me today is President Ed Espinoza, Advocacy Director Diana Gomez, and our guest once again today is Abel Prado of Cambio, Texas. Welcome, everybody, to the show. Now, in our previous podcast, we had mentioned that we were talking about the terminology of Hispanic, Latino, Latinx, because it is Hispanic Heritage Month, and it's uh, September 15th, and it goes all the way till October 15th, correct, Ed? That's right. That's right. And for me, <laughs> I just wanted to get that in because I want I want to set you up, I want to tee you up because why? I always I personally I know why I get kind of get it, but it's so confusing when it's like Black History Month, February, tight. Uh, LGBTQ Pride Month, uh, that month, tight. July, right? <laughs> I'm getting this all uh, June. Up. June. See, um, LGBT Pride Month. June. Women's History Month. March. History Month. March. So why September 15th through October 15th? (laughs) I was voting for October because I want Halloween. But Hmm. why September 15th through October 15th? So it started off as Hispanic Heritage Week, which went from the 15th to the 22nd. It included Mexican Independence Day, um, DCCS on the 16th, and... um, also like five other countries in there that also have their independence days. I, I, I can't remember them off the top of my head. And then, uh, as we are prone to do, we, we grew very fast and needed a month more than a week. Um, and so they went from they, I don't know who they is, I don't know who sets holidays or months in this country, but it went from September 15th to October 15th probably would have made sense if it was just all of September or maybe they moved into all of October. But for whatever reason, we were taking over two months. And I'm okay with that. But as a part of Hispanic Heritage Month, like once again, who names it? Who tells us when it is? We here at Progress Texas with Abel Prado of Cambio, Texas, are going to try to figure out how Hispanics, let's start there, define ourselves. Because obviously you've heard the terms Hispanic. Latino, Latina, Latinx, Chicano. There's a lot of different terms that our culture has used to identify ourselves. And so a lot of people get confused. And especially in politics, a lot of times people don't know which one to use or who to address at any given time using those terms. So um, I'm going to ask Abel, I'm going to pass this to you first, because you do work in South Texas in the Rio Grande Valley. Among that community down there, are there groups of people that prefer one of those terms over the other? Um, so the standard thing when we, when we tell volunteers who are usually knocking on doors of folks who already don't want to talk to us, right? And uh, <laughs> right. The, last thing, the last thing you want to do is like further antagonize them by like bringing in your snowflake mamadas to their porches <laughs> and stuff. Oh my God. So... Uh, <laughs> We're doing it today, folks. We're doing it today on this episode. So, so, so in lieu of like, you know, Latinx and, you know, in a different context, like pronouns and stuff like that, we do the most direct route and say, my name is Abel Prado. I'm from Cambio, Texas. What's your name? And then just call that person that. And don't, don't, don't try to like bring in any other. Um, and if they don't even want to give you their name, like, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. And you revert to like the good, you know, the the good little Mexican kid, like be respectful, look people in the eye and things of that sort. 
when you know just using those like really common like forms of like con- connecting with somebody you don't even think about latinx or or anything else you know what i mean and just try to connect to people like in a person to person level that being said like that doesn't work when you're going to like you know some sort of political event or things of that sort in which case you have to do some homework and find out like which event is ho- like who's going to be there if people have their pronouns like on their on on their profiles and stuff like that then it's safe to assume they're like they might like respond to like a latinx kind of thing you really have to be a chameleon about it and the hard part is knowing when to use which uh, you know which which term to address who you're talking to and that's why god gave us two ears and one mouth that way you can listen more instead of talk yourself into an uncomfortable situation right and, and that's <laughs> the thing because you know you you decide to forego it you know when you're dealing with pe- uh, person to person you said i'm gonna address you by name just get rid of that element of it just to avoid confusion, just to avoid um, offending somebody in a situation that has now become a source of offense if you use the wrong term. So in professional spaces and academic spaces, the term Latinx is the one that people have been hearing more often, more confused about, um, wondering who's using it, right? But you have press releases from the White House using it. You have other political organizations using it. Diana, I'm going to pass this to you. Um, when did we choose Latinx? Like, uh, when did we decide that, okay, that's what we're going to use, you know, that term in particular versus any of the other ones? Because it seems like it's it really rose in those types of ranks. So I don't have a particular origin, like city, time, place. Like this, this was right. the hour that, that it started happening. Um, right. I will start off by saying I am wearing a very colorful, gorgeous blouse from the Latino collection at Target, um, <laughs> nice. specifically for this podcast. Uh-huh. And it's it's the Latino collection this year. Last year was the Latinx collection, which I was like, whoa, Target, you're getting wild. Wow. Um, Old, Na- <laughs> Old Navy did the same thing. Now, I'm assuming they both switched to Latino this year because some people got mad uh, and, and a little, you know, too spicy of them, you know, or whatever. But... Um, so here's my thing. So uh, growing up as a very dark, melanated Latina in rural Hayes County, Texas, Central Texas, um, with Confederate flags everywhere, uh, very confused about my identity. Right. Um, one time I asked my mom, I was like, what am I? Am I I've, I've seen all these these terms I've been called on TV or, or people who look like me are from my background. Um, am I Latina? Am I Hispanic? Am I Tejana? Am I Chicana? Chicana. And she was like, <laughs> and she, and because honestly, I was excited. I was like, I can go by all these names. This is so cool. <laughs> and I just wanted to know what more I could add to the list. I thought it was you were awesome. like, you were like Iron Man with an array of suits to choose from. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was so cool. I was like, I'm a part of so much of these things. And I think part of why I was excited about that was because as a, like, darker brown girl in rural Texas, there were a lot of places I didn't feel like I belonged. And so to have all of these amazing possibilities got me really excited. Um, so when I told her this, I was like, she said, yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, not the Chicano one. That's for California Mexicans. That's not, that does not here in Texas. And I was like, oh, dang, you know, cross that off. But later would learn that the terms uh, Chicana, Chicano, Chicanex is more like a political terminology and taking back a lot of your indigenous heritage, which um, I really connected with. And I started going by that a, a lot more, especially when I was in college studying uh, Chicano studies, ethnic studies, fist in the air. It was awesome. Um, but 
you know, so again, I, I, learning all these terms, and then I heard Latinx come out. And I'm going to be honest, at first I was like, what? Where did this come from? Now I got to call myself this or what? Like, who's going to say? But then <laughs> I later learned that from a lot of my friends who are a part of the LGBTQIA community, that a, one of the very, very difficult things about Spanish is that it is very uh, a gendered language. There's mm, a, ah, yeah. oh, like the A and the O that's feminine or masculine. And that it goes along with a lot of the complicated binaries in our world that simply don't really fit everyone. And so for someone from the Latinx community to have to decide a gender to identify as when that's not how they see themselves, whether it's gender fluid or trans yeah. or you know any other way, they felt more comfortable being Latinx. And so I was like, oh my God, here I am. Like, I, I felt like an asshole, to be honest, where I was uncomfortable by something, but I didn't realize like, Actually, this is a term that makes other people who are my friends, who are my family, more comfortable and it makes them feel more included in our community. The same thing I was searching for as a young right. girl who didn't feel included in Texas. And so I was like, all right, I'm gonna get over myself. Um, cool. I guess, you know, we'll start using it now. I think it does become complicated when people you know, have different ways of naming themselves. You know, there are a lot of folks that come up to me in politics, especially who aren't, you know, Latina, Latino, you know, Latinx. And they're like, what do we, what do we call you? Like, I don't know what you guys call yourselves. I'm like, okay, first right. of all, you're getting really pressed about this. Like, give me some space. Um, but yeah. I think at the end <laughs> of the, back. at the end of the day, it, it depends on whoever, whatever anyone wants to identify as it's, it's their prerogative. It's, it's up to them. Right. Just ask mm -hmm. a person, you know, Oh, you know, how do you identify or you prefer, you don't just automatically assign something to them. And I think it's fine. Everyone has the right to identify, to live in whatever way they want to in this great United States of America, where we have in the freedom. United States. Right. <laughs> also, and also, that's as, as how I feel. As a fun activity, though, also, just if you want to learn about the gender nature of Spanish, find a Mexican Loteria card and find the <laughs> difference between the L and the Las. So apparently yeah. umbrellas are masculine and um, ladders are feminine. So yeah. that it's, it's, it's yeah. as random as that, right? You could go down the whole list. Yeah. Uh, barrels if, are masculine also. If I, <laughs> if I could ask, uh, if I could add one, one last thing that, that I know we'll go over in a bit, too, is that... Mm -hmm. um, Latinx is also a term that came out of the United States. Um, and so it is something mm. that because we speak English, the X like that is natural for us. But for example, this is just one country and this is a, an issue a lot of other folks in Central and Southern um, Latin America and, and Mexico have had an issue with is that it's that's not how you per, how you pronounce that letter in Spanish. So, for example, Mexico in Spanish is Mexico. The X is more of a H sound. So it's like, am I Latineja? <laughs> like, is that how you would say it? <laughs> that, that's weird. Or to even say, soy Latinequis. Some people say Latinequis and they're okay with it. But now there there is another term before folks freak out. Um, just letting y'all know, <laughs> it is it's switching out. out. It's switching out the because I know they're gonna be like, oh no, I just am getting comfortable with this. Gonna another update one. this article again. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's switching out the X with an E uh, because that's easier to pronounce in Spanish, Latine, um, and and some folks in the United States are starting to use that now. Um, I I think Latin, it, it does, like, la or Latin, yeah, or in Latin, Spanish, Latine, yeah. Or in Spanish, Latine. L-A-T-I-N-E with an accent like Pokemon. So That yes. almost sounds Canadian. 
No, I mean, honestly, Pokemon's <laughs> the most common use of that accent. It's in there. Um, and also, just real quick, uh, because we haven't done so on the podcast, I want to give some just real brief definitions of the different terms that we've been using so far. So just real quick, Hispanic uh, uh, is anyone who can trace their lineage back to Spain uh, or any countries that were influenced by Spain, anywhere where people speak Spanish. So that would exclude places like Brazil, Portugal, who speak Portuguese, things like that. Latino is someone who can trace their lineage back to Latin America. Uh, once again, Brazilians who speak Portuguese are Latino, but they're not Hispanic. So that gives you a little bit of clarity there. Latinx is, once again, uh, and Latino. And by the way, you can, you can be Hispanic and Latino. Correct. Yeah. But you can also be one or the other. Exactly. By these definitions. Yeah. You know, Latinx we've described, or Latine, we've described as being um, non in the binary of Spanish in that way. And then Chicano, just to clarify that one, a Chicano is basically someone of Mexican-American descent who is usually second or third generation, but anyone who calls himself Chicano is usually political, or as Cheech Marin wrote in this article that we have at Progress Texas, who the hell knows? I'm a Chicano because I say I am. So, uh, and and, and also, uh, in my Chicano studies classes, um, they also mentioned that you can actually self-identify as Chicano without being Mexican-American. If you live in the communities and you are, yeah, Yeah. if you live in the communities and you are part of like the barrio and all that stuff that you live in and you identify as such. Chicano also opens up in that regard too. So interesting. Cause Anna, even you were like, huh? What? Yeah. That's the rules are so vague and there's so many definitions. It, it's hard to keep track, honestly. And, and for people who actually care to keep track, it is still hard for us. And I kind of want to go to you, Ed, because growing up, you had your term, right? You said Hispanic, right? Was the one you used? Mm-hmm. And so with all of these changes, you know, you know that Latinx is not popular. And I know it's, you know, I've heard your take on it. Let the people know your take on it and kind of the transition of the terms. Well, so this is my take on Latinx has to do with kind of how people label our community as one thing. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar to our politics where people label our community as, oh, you're liberal Democrats, your base vote. We come to you at the end of an election, you turn out. And the thing is, is that the... Latino community is so diverse that the terms we use to define ourselves are just as diverse. And I like to tell people that like all of us have a Republican brother, right? Like all, I, I'm convinced <laughs> that all Latinos have a Republican brother somewhere. Even, even if you just suspect there's one who's lying to you, he says he votes Democratic, but you think he, you might think he votes uh, Republican. <laughs> and you know, with, with all these terms, like I grew up where Hispanic was the broad term that was used. Latino became one that became more popular in the 90s and is still popular today. Some people still say Hispanic. They still say Tejano. Tejano is extremely popular here in Texas. Um, Diana said something that I thought was really important. She said the Latinx community. And that's important because it is a subset of a larger community. It is a community. And it's particular to young people and people in the LGBTQ community. And there are others who identify with the phrase as well. But like the reason you see it so much on college campuses and in academic circles is because of who they are influenced by, which tends to be the students. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that is important. The problem I have is when somebody takes a term like Latinx and then they use it with a broad stroke to, de- to define all communities. And that's not going to go over well with people like myself who are Generation X, people like my parents who are uh, boomers and who have already changed how they identify themselves in the past, in the past few decades. Uh, but I think the important thing, going back to something else Abel was saying too, when you go to the doors, is that 
Just don't make assumptions. Do the work. And the, the work in this case consists of a question, right? It's like just doing a little bit of digging and finding out how people define themselves, if you even need to go that far. But if you're gonna have a, a program or a community in a campaign, just be careful what you label it because Latinx is, the polling we've seen that says that only 2% of people identify as Latinx. I, I think it's probably I, higher. I've been, I've been bitched at way more for using it than not using it. Um, right. You know, you know right. what I mean? And, uh, and no, I want to hear more about the experience of like actually using it in the live real world. A lot of these things are kind of um, just kind of not made up, but rather uh, experimental in terms of how we approach it, what terms we're using. I mean, it's also being applied on universities in particular. One that threw me off was not even Latino or Latina. It was alumnex. As Whoa. to refer to alumni. Wow. I didn't know alumni was gendered. Isn't that a, a word, like a Latin word? Yeah. Yeah, like so o- octopi. I've, I've, I've had some fun. I've had some fun with it. Like, you know, I, I've sent emails where I signed it like Unidex, like Uni instead of Unidos. Like, I've right. seen that, though. No, I've I've seen people do that seriously. <laughs> and, and so I was just kind of being cheeky with it. And then I stopped when I realized that folks thought I was like, I was being serious. And, and yeah. Well, that's <laughs> And that's and that was kind of the the thing for a little bit of time was that people were just throwing X on the end of anything. Yeah, so and like, I'm there's, like, a, there's a word down here called politiquero, which is like a very specific uh, kind of election worker. And uh, they are, if you can, you know, like lean into your own like preconceived like prejudices and stuff like that, and like have an image of your head of someone who like you know swears by Latinx, and then try to imagine the exact opposite of what that person might be. That's like what a politiquero would be, and so I remember I sent a I sent a message I sent a mass text out to like to like hey we're gonna meet this Saturday blah 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 blah, and I used the phrase politiquerics like you know being a, a yeah, oh smart and cheeky being cheeky <laughs> or, or cheekex I don't know so cheekex. Then, <laughs> so like, ¿Qué es esa palabra? ¿Por qué me dices eso? ¿Te estás burlando de mí o qué? Like you know like what, what, what word is that? Are you making fun of me? You know. And it's, it's, you, you learn, you know, so like when you, like I said, and that's when I started getting serious about like, okay, there's like what I call like real people, you know what I mean? Just like regular schmegler folks. And then there's people like inside the political bubble and politics, like being, being very, very broadly, if you work in politics full time, odds are pretty good that you have like some form of privilege or you have some form mm-hmm. of like, because even to work in, yeah. pol- in politics, it's very exclusionary. You got to know the right people yeah. or yeah. be born into it and stuff like that. So even people of color, but who work in politics are a little bit different than like regular working folks of color. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I notice like a very clear divide between like affluency and use of the word Latinx. Like I tend to notice that like it's usually people with money, fresas, you know, folks like that, you know, that, that use that term more than, you know, civilians, you know, for lack of a better term. How do you marry the two though? Because obviously if, if they're the people who are trying to run political campaigns are using it and they think that younger people who are coming up and they're trying to get those votes and they're trying to be open to them and get them into politics, so that let's say that that's the new way of defining oneself or defining a community and they want to use it where historically older people vote. Right. And the communities are generally older than just college age people. How do you 
how do you marry those two ideologies where, like you said, there's the regular schmegular people that are Latino, Latina, and that's all they know. And they don't have the time. They're too busy working. They're too busy taking care of their families to figure out all this stuff that the academics have time to try to figure out. How do you reach both of those parties? Like, how do you merge those two to where there's actual unity? Because I feel like a lot of time is wasted coming up with the definitions and not enough time with the unity, even though we're trying to unify, right? I I think that senior, like, Democratic operatives, like, really take for granted the role that they play when when a new volunteer stumbles into the campaign office looking for something to do. Because the experience that they have in that particular campaign will bleed into everything else they think about politics. If they're taught that, you know, campaigns are run this sort of way and, you know, this is the terminology that you need to use, like you're perpetuating the same kind of like exclusionary bullshit that a lot of folks have a hard time adjusting to, you know. So like if campaigns were, you know, it's it's really hard and the answer is not simple, but you got to, you know, just fucking read the room, man. Like use common sense, <laughs> you know, like like it's a lot harder these days to like pick up on people's like, you know, facial cues and stuff like that as we get more online as organizing like shifts towards you know like more online it's a lot harder to like connect with somebody just by reacting to their body language you know what i mean and it's not the sexiest answer but it's really the simplest one i think um i'll defer to the smart latina with glasses that's on this call (laughs) to tell tell me otherwise Um. I think going along a little bit with that, it's like the example I was saying earlier of, you know, a woman coming up to me, which has happened so many times of just (laughs) meeting me, acting as if I'm the the first and only Latina she's ever met, which honestly might be the case and says, what do you call yourselves? What is it? I'm so confused. And it's 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 well, because like to you, it's like a fun question. But to me, it's like my whole identity and what I studied in school. My God. Um, (laughs) But it's like, if you have worked in these spaces, if you befriend these people, if you were actually in this community, you wouldn't be asking that question. You would know. You would know, like, it's a lot of relational politics, I think, is left out of the world of politics. A lot of it's very transactional, exclusionary, money here and there, but... The, my favorite part of it is not that to there's know anything people. wrong with not that there's <clears throat> anything wrong with getting paid to do political work. No, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's important. Cash those checks, come. <laughs> yes, it's important to get paid, but it's it's also equally as important to like be care about the community, which means knowing who these people are and knowing how they talk, knowing that messaging. Um, I think at the end of the day. There are folks who prefer to be called Hispanic, Latino, um, Latinx, and there's a lot of politics behind that. You know, growing up in uh, rural Texas, a lot of folks said, no, I'm not Mexican. I'm from Spain. Uh, you know, my ancestry is Hispanic. And so I think we have to be real and acknowledge how a lot of colonialism really goes into some of this language. And a lot of when we talk about assimilating, that is a big part of it, too, is which term you identify with the most versus like identifying more as indigenous. Like there are so many layers that is it is very complex. Uh, but at the end of the day, whether it's Hispanic, Latino, Latinx, none of these terms are 100% good or bad. I feel like folks need to come away with that. It's not like, oh, I can't use this one, this is a bad one, or oh, this is the good one, this is the one they like. No, it's everyone has their different preference and one isn't, you know, better than the other. I think we also have to um, confront a lot of homophobia and machismo in the 
a culture that exists and that isn't the reason everyone hates the term Latinx, but honestly, it's the reason some people don't. And so to be honest, whenever someone really, really hates it to the point that it makes them so angry, I love to just keep using it around them. <laughs> Because to me, I think it's so fucking hilarious. And it's like, why do you hate it that much? I get it if you're confused, if you're like, oh, it's complicated. But if you are so bothered to by it by the point of hatred why do you hate so much that there is a word out there that makes people feel more included in this community you right. know like yeah. that, that's I think, me i think that i think that if somebody if somebody chooses to identify as that then use that right like right. I, i don't think it's a problem to ask especially people who aren't part of the community and maybe don't understand the nuances if 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 the easiest thing for them to, to show they're trying is to say what term should i use as opposed to mm. what You know, if, if it's too blunt to say, how do you refer to yourself, to ask more broadly, what term should I use? I think that what that's going to do is rather than receive a binary answer, it might entice a conversation that gives them an explanation about some things and maybe heightens their awareness. Yeah. And so. I also wanted to echo what Abel was saying earlier, too, is reading the room is so important. A lot of times yeah. you're in communities where I think a lot of folks, especially who come from privileged backgrounds who might work in politics, don't realize a lot of the terminology that we use every day um, is not accessible by everyday working class people. And so to get yeah. mad and to get angry at an everyday working class person for not understanding what you're trying to say, it doesn't make them less than you. It means right. that you need to get better at communicating, messaging, at using accessible language that reaches most folks. So I know a lot of my family, they don't go by Latinx, Latinx. They don't even know what the hell that is. They're just working yeah, every day right. to survive. Um, yeah, that's that's a really, really good point, Diana, because like there's um like when it comes to messaging and connecting like republicans make it so much easier on themselves because they lean they lean into that natural instinct that you have of like oh if it's annoying you then i'm gonna i'm gonna use it more to piss you off yeah. it, it's a yeah. very very powerful like interpersonal like way to connect in our community because like we bond by fucking with each other yeah, you know right. what i mean <laughs> like we like when i was a kid there was a there was a there was a game called bamba where like it's like a group of kids And then you just pick one random person that's like gonna get their ass beat, but you don't want to hit them too. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's just you know, but you don't want to hit them too hard because it's gonna be your turn, you know. Oh, so God. you don't want them to go that hard on you. And that's it, definitely that is Hispanic right that, there. Fucking, I'm gonna say it, that. That, that is. Most, is the most <laughs> Latino. Come on, it is old school, you man. Know, that is like, old school. So like concerned, you know, like in you know, from a 2022 perspective, like people would get arrested if that game was being played in school. <laughs> And and we would put them on the pipe down to you know on on the criminal justice system. But to those kids, like to me growing up, like you're bonding, like you're like you're you're forming strong like personal relationships, and that's one thing that conservatives I think like lean into very very well, where they use that kind of othering to connect with somebody. Like oh they're not like us like yeah they're they're you know but they're not they're not like us and it's really really effective whereas on our side mm. like I feel like we're way too quick to scold people for getting it wrong and nobody yeah. likes a nobody likes a fucking scold you know <laughs> no yeah I, 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 not that some people don't deserve to get scolded though no like, for sure for sure <laughs> yeah. I I I agree I feel like there are definitely times and occasions where if you feel angry and pissed like just go full fledged Texan you know on their asses and and you know go hard but i think another thing that we really need to lean into a lot more in progressive politics is giving each other grace 
we're all mm-hmm. learning. We all, yeah. you know what I mean? Like people, they mess up. They, they say the, the wrong thing. And again, like I said, sometimes they say the wrong thing and they need to be called out, right? In a certain way. But mm-hmm. a, a lot of times it's more so about having an open conversation about things and being like, okay, well, that wasn't necessarily right. But let me talk to you about other ways to communicate, to message and to have this dialogue. And now I've given you the tools. It's up to you to decide if, if you're going to use that. And like, let's have more of a conversation and listen to each other more than um, being exclusionary, you know, being off in our own silos. You know, that is the way where Republicans really want to tear us apart. And a lot of times we do that amongst ourselves. And so we need to prove them wrong and just listen to each other more, give each other grace and, you know, come together. And on that note... The next episode, we're going to figure out whether I'm white, not Latino, Hispanic, non-Hispanic on the census. All those little comments. Oh, my God. <laughs> next it's episode. It's so annoying because, like, <laughs> it's it's not a race. It's an ethnicity. So it's not listed on races. Right. It's, it's yeah. I just, I, there's, so, there's so much overlap between, like, race and ethnicity the same way that people talk about, like, gender versus, like, sex. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, All there's right. a lot of overlap. Whole other episode. So next episode, we'll, we'll try to figure that out. Hopefully before I have to fill out any forms because because <laughs> I don't know. And I'm 31 years old and I don't know. But one last thing I, I did want to uh, uh, throw in is that the origin of us fighting. Um, so the term Hispanic, who came up with that? Was that us? Was it us brown people? No, oh. it was the United States government. It was for census. census purposes. Yeah. Because they wanted a way to loop us all in and to count us, quote unquote, together. I forget whether it was like a Reagan or Nixon situation, but one of those guys. It was Nixon. Nixon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Mm -hmm. Nixon. I just really want people to know that that they created that. (laughs) Like, we are literally, like, they created this fight and they were like, go forth and... (laughs) <laughs> and basically basically what well, we're all doing the game that that abel described we're all just beating each other over and over again through that <laughs> one turn so remember oh my god don't punch so hard because it might be your turn next Fucking um, a. <laughs> give some grace if, if anything from this from this from this conversation turns into merch like Gambio Texas wants a cut all right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but once again I, I want to reiterate that I, I think that is a good message uh, you know give some grace realize that we're not a monolith and there's lots of definitions that we can go by and that we can identify as and they're all okay just remember to read the room be in the community talk to the community learn what we are that's the only way you're gonna know so i want to end on that thank you so much everybody for joining lending your insights ed diana special guest abel prado cambio texas cambio texas google it find it follow it donate donate to progress texas and head over to progresstexas.org to follow us on socials and subscribe to our email list. And if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, give us five stars. Give us a thumbs up. Whatever the highest ranking is, give us that. Be sure to comment, subscribe, do all the things. Leave us a review if you can, a comment. We read them, we find them, and we appreciate you for listening. See you next time, everybody. Goodbye, good night, good afternoon, good evening. All of it. <laughs>